What's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 32 of the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And Pat, we're going to prep a little bit for the first all-star game of the MLB season. I don't know why I said first, because there's only (laughs) one. But the first phase of the voting came out. And I have some thoughts, obviously, to say about how I feel about the All-Star Game in general, but I do think it's fun, and I think it's cool to see the progression of the votes, and I think the whole game is kind of a cool marker for the first half of the season. Like, we're almost halfway through the baseball season. Yeah, no, we've definitely got a a decent chunk of games done at at this point, and I'm very excited, so we're about a month away now from the All-Star Game in Colorado as well, which should be beautiful. Uh, the, The game is July 13th. And as you said, first wave of voting has been released, so kind of check in there, give our thoughts, and and get ready as we move towards the first All-Star game we've had in two years. Yeah, which thank is you. That's what I meant. There yeah. you go. And there was um, the, the whole thing about moving the game, too. So I think yes. Coors Field is going to be awesome. I'm very excited. Home Run Derby at Coors Field? Yeah. I mean, what more could you possibly it's want? Truly. Have they... <laughs> they don't ever release those names too early for the home run derby no that's gonna be like the week of yeah that's what i remember i mean some of these names could be insane i i remember seeing that joe madden the angels manager is quote-unquote permitting shohei otani to be in it i think if he chooses to be so that would be something Pete Alonso has said he wants to defend his crown from the okay. 2019 Home Run Derby. Imagine Vladdy Guerrero yep. uh, back in it, who was also in the 2019 Home Run Derby. There's a chance that this derby in Colorado could be out of this world. Oh, that would be so fun. And I yeah. think baseball needs that, to say the least. <laughs> Before we get into it, I want to remind everybody, if you're listening for the first time, welcome. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to us. If you're coming back... Thanks again. Make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Did You Hear Pod. We're going to bring back reading off some reviews. Last week, we got a review from Terry Cushman at Cushman MLB. All around great sports podcast. Terry wrote, very impressed with both Patrick and Emma's ability to dive deep into virtually any sport to cover all of the pressing topics. Very well balanced and a strong delivery with all of their takes. So thank you so much, Terry. Make sure to check out his Boston Red Sox podcast, Bastards of Boston Baseball. And make sure to throw us a review as you're listening. It takes literally one minute and it helps us out so much. We're also at 48 ratings. We would love to hit that big 5-0. So thanks again. We'll read another one whenever we get the next one. I think it's cool to kind of mix things up a little bit. But Pat, lead us into today. How are we going to do this thing? Yeah, well, first off, thank you, Terry, for for leaving that review. And again, to anyone that wants to help us get to 50, we would really, really appreciate it. But yeah, so we're basically just going to give a pulse check on the uh, the leaders at, at the positions in the American and National League. And if there's anyone else we think that should be in the conversation or should be straight up starting there, mm. um, we'll, uh, we'll bring it up. So... Where do you want to start? So I'll just I'll just mention that I have two very hardcore snubs in mm-hmm. my mind that I'm excited to talk about. But I th- I'm going to set the scene a little bit first, just yeah. for, for people who know. It has been two years. Last year, they didn't do all-star voting at all. My thought before, actually, before I even get into the rosters or anything, I think the antics around the all-star game are fun. 
I think it does a lot for the sport. One of my dreams has always been to go to an All-Star game because I think it's really cool in that sense. But I think the voting is straight up stupid. (laughs) Straight up stupid. First of all, it's halfway through the year. So for this All-Star nomination to go on a person's or a player's resume for the rest of their life, for a few hot months in this case... It's basic. Point. It's basically a popularity award, and I really don't have a problem with it. Again, because of the, all the antics around it, good for baseball, good for marketing, whatever. All the stars in one place, but I don't think the number of all stars that a player has at the end of their career has anything to do with the type of player they are. Obviously, if they have an, a lot of all star awards, it means they were very good. It means they were very popular. But I also lean more towards the latter being more important because it's fan voting. And when you put it into the fans' hands, you never really know what can happen. (laughs) And that's a great way to put it. Uh, Part of why I think the baseball all-star game is special is because out of all of the sports, it is the closest one that actually resembles what the sport looks like. True. Uh, Very true at that point, too. The Pro Bowl is a disaster. The the NBA all-star game, some people like it. Uh, It it's a lot (laughs) or not a lot of defense. Um, You know, the NHL all-star game is the exact same as the NBA. Uh, The MLB one can really go out there and it plays organic to the sport. And so I think that's a really cool part of it. And I think that's why the MLB all-star game is, is really beloved. You're hundred percent right on the fan voting, making things (laughs) difficult to, to say the least to really quantify it, which is why I'm so happy that what was it two years ago, major league baseball added the all MLB team. Yes, um, in the off season, yes. because that then encompasses the full year rather than just half of a year and a fan vote. So I'm really happy that that's been added in as well, because that is just, as I said, just a much better kind of gauging point to how the players did, because that's voted on by the players and the managers. Yeah. Um, so it's a much more legit ho- holistic award. I would for say so. sure. Yeah, and I actually lately have gotten back on the NBA All Star Game because. They changed the rules to make it more competitive. Yes, yes, and that that fourth quarter rule that they did, yeah. fantastic. I can't Absolutely remember the name fantastic. of it. It just they, slipped I, my. I, I think they were calling it the Kobe Bryant rule for a while with the twenty four. Yeah, um, they, they yeah they were going up twenty four. There's a name for it when you have when you take the last quarter points and you add to it. It starts yes. with an E. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But anyways, no, but you are hundred percent right on that. They're making it more competitive to almost mirror. The MLB, which mm-hmm. at, at, I mean, at one point it was which team gets home field advantage at the <laughs> World Series in the which World Series. It's money incentives. It's a big deal, and 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 a lot of the time, teams ag- across leagues, interleague games are competitive, and guys don't like each other. Yeah. So it was cool to see that competition. I hope it goes back that because for a couple of years it was getting more fun. We also have to remember that's in the middle of the season. These guys are tired. They need a break. But it's always fun to see them play for real and, and get some real competition into it. No, definitely. So now I'll set the roster. American League and National League, 20, pos- 20 position players plus 12 pitchers per league. So it's 32 roster spots. Mm-hmm. The top three vote getters at each position plus nine overall outfielders make it to the second phase of voting. So the reason why we're doing this now is because the first phase came out this week and then the starters are are ultimately decided in this year's all-star game based on those two phases of voting so 
it, it's there's so many nuances to this which is honestly yes. so extra that's the only word i have for it it is so extra but the first phase came out phase one voting ends at the end of june so make sure to get your votes in i actually haven't even done my votes yet and i feel neither have i i wait about until a lot july. of these guys yeah. yeah but then we we get the more fan the more dedicated fans if you will but the most excited thing i was to say about this and how many times have we said it it's the state of the game and mm-hmm. if anything, the All-Star Game shows exactly where baseball is at. Trout, Mike Trout, who is hurt, and Rob, Ronald Acuna Jr. are the only position players who were on the last All-Star team in 2019. That means there are, what, 30-plus position players now who have not been on an all-star team before or I guess if we talk starters then it's less than that but a whole bunch of new names and then my favorite is that three of the four overall leading vote getters are under 23 years old I gotta love that can you guess them Ooh, putting you on the spot here yeah I was gonna say I don't <laughs> think I can I don't think I've memorized who the leaders are I'll tell you uh, it's Vladdy obviously because is Devers under happy. 23 no but he no. deserves to be on there he's 24 yeah, I know I he's think. first it's Vladdy Acuna Trout is three he's not under 23 and then Tatis Jr. Tatis yeah of course yeah which is so cool and it's because young fans are growing up watching them and I wish I was that young growing up watching them that is so cool yeah, it's awesome to see, as we've talked about before, where, where baseball is headed. All right, so should we read off some of the names, or do you want to just get right into your thoughts on them? You, you can start off. I would say, let's. so let me read the National League. You read the American League for the first place, guys. Okay. And then let's just pick a position to start at. If okay. We don't have to do all of them by any means. <laughs> and just if there are some guys we want to spotlight, so... Starting off at first base, Max Muncy is your leader in the clubhouse. Second base, Ozzy Albies. Third base, Chris Bryant. Shortstop, I think you have a feeling who that man would be in Fernando Tatis. Catcher is Buster Posey. And then in the outfield, you have Ronald Acuna Jr., Nick Castellanos, and Jesse Winker. Go Reds. Go Reds. That's the only thing I have to say <laughs> about the National League. I am so happy both Castellanos and Winker are on it. Winker's leading an OPS in the entire uh, National League in at least the last month. It's just cool to see what these guys are doing on offense. It's the passion part, too. I really don't have too many grievances here. I have two. It's second base and third base. Where are you at there? uh, Interesting. So first on outfield, I I love that you started with that because I completely agree. I don't know how the starting outfield at this point can be anything different. Then right. the first three that we have, I mean, Acuna Jr. is one of the probably top three, top four best players in the sport, and that might be selling him short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jesse Winker and Castellanos both having absolutely incredible years at the plate. And for those Cincinnati Reds that are a ton of fun to watch on offense, just one name I'd like to throw out there for outfielders for a, a player I would like to see on the team, not as a starter, but on the team is Tyler O'Neill from the St. Oh, Louis Cardinals. He's on he, a tear lately. Yeah, yeah, he has been fantastic. He's hitting 290. He's got 15 home runs. And he's real. I mean, we know about the Cardinals. They can hit, but they can't pitch at all. <laughs> yeah. And he's part of kind of the, the fun of the hitting for them. Again, a younger player at only 25 
years old. Uh, someone I would really like to see in consideration and someone who I believe will deserve to make this all-star team. But otherwise, I think it's very hard to argue with the, the starting outfield. Yeah, I almost think the starters are pretty much set in stone. I do too. to come down to the, the alternates, if you will. I actually think, I mean, his teammate, Dylan Carlson, mm-hmm. could, could challenge him. I think Carlson was like 10th in the voting, too. Okay, which is right there. Yep. Um, Brian Reynolds could be an interesting wild card, and Man we might have... Hit more than one pirate on the all-star team and i'm putting emphasis in those words because nobody expected that (laughs) uh but he's having a really good season yeah i i completely agree with you so i'll go to second base now and the nice because i have someone there too the aforementioned pirates right now it goes to ozzy albies overall i think actually across both leagues second base has been a down year Mm-hmm. No second baseman has been roaring largely throughout the entire season. Nick Solak was really good at the beginning of the in season April, on the yeah. Rangers. What'd you say? In April, yeah. He had yeah, a ton of home runs. Yeah, first month, and then he kind of tapered off. Guys like Brandon Lau on the Rays, who I expected to have a really big season, hasn't played that well. Jose Altuve is always there. He had a he had a walk-off grand slam on Tuesday night, by the way, which was mm-hmm. unreal. But... He's always there. I think he has to do something really special to make the all-star team, and that goes for a lot of these guys just because they've been good and around for so long, and so many other players are good. It's all these right now. I like that he really is a five-tool player, but the Braves are struggling, and mm-hmm. at least in my mind, I try to take more of a holistic approach when I do these, and I'm more or less... I actually don't know what you think about this. I'm more or less against the idea of giving it to the name. Oh, like, yeah. There has been a lot of talk about Max Muncy versus Freddie Freeman. And it almost seems like, not in this case, because Matt Muncy does have the starting vote number right now. But a lot of people want to give it to Freddie Freeman because he's been okay and he's Freddie Freeman. Mm-hmm. If, Mac, if Max Muncy's having the better year. Which he if, is. Jesus Aguilar is having the better year. Which he is. <laughs> I want to give it to them, not just because Freddie Freeman is the reigning NL MVP. Obviously, he's incredible. We all love Freddie, but he's not having the better year. Yeah, I I hate the the, the and what's the, it's the problem with the fan voting. It's, right. And I can come out and and say it as strongly as that. I hate the let's just give it to the name because as you said, Max Muncy should be the National League starter at first base. I I feel very strongly about that. I think Jesus Aguilar should be number two behind him for the fantastic year he had him. Uh, Freddie Freeman has been better of late. He's definitely up there with the home run numbers. He's sitting there at 15 right now. But he does not deserve to be over, over either of them. And at second base... I actually think National League second base may be the most stacked position. You're kidding. <laughs> I'm not, because I'm going to go through the... Ozzy Albies should not even be in the top four or top five, and he is <laughs> number that's one. How, that's how I felt. <laughs> Jazz Chisholm, fan, yeah. obviously a fantastic year. Adam Frazier, it's hard to argue for that he should not be starting, mm-hmm. uh, You know, hitting over 330. The guy that I really wanted to spotlight was Gene Segura. Who oh. has just been incredible this season? Again, hitting three thirty. The the home run numbers are, are low, but Segura. And has you're been a so, Mets fan, Pat. yeah. And I I can't stand anything about the Phillies. <laughs> and I want to spotlight Segura and Ryan McMahon from Colorado. Yeah, he has been so good. Has been the you know when we went into the season, it was oh my god, what are the Rockies going to do? They're going to trade Trevor Story. Where do they go from here? Ryan McMahon is going to be one of their cornerstone pieces. So I, I look at it, and there are so many deserving National League. It's like Jake Cronenworth as well yeah, is a really key so part of that lately. Padres lineup. Yeah. So 
if you'll notice, none of those names were Ozzy Albies. I, I do not think that he should be up near the top, but of course he's a very talented player as well. Mm-hmm. National League second base is stacked, and that was one of the positions I really wanted to spotlight. Yeah, just on Ryan McMahon quick, and this is largely my point about the Pirates, and it extends to the Rockies too, obviously. For years, it was Nolan. Nolan yeah. was the only yeah, player yeah. even close. Now, recently, it's become Trevor Story, and I don't know what his injury timeline is. We'll, we'll see if he can play. It's going to be... It, it was my thought going into the season that the Rockies might be a little hard-pressed to find an all-star. Ryan McMahon could beat out all of the other second basemen if he has a, a hot next couple of weeks. Oh, for he sure. He is that good, and I think he's eligible for third base as well. I believe which is so, crazy. Yep. I'm going to give it to Adam Frazier. Yep, and I don't. Totally I actually, understandable. I don't even think it's particularly close. I, I yeah. guess the averages are close to Gene Segura. Frazier has the fifth-highest batting average in baseball. His slash line is 331, 393, and he's slugging 467 with an 860 OPS. But my favorite stats, and I know you will appreciate this, he is in the 98th percentile in K percentage and the 98th percentile in whiff percentage. Pat, he literally doesn't—he literally doesn't swing and miss. How can you be that high in both of those categories? He doesn't strike out. And to put it even further, he doesn't swing and miss. He puts the ball in play. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, too. Batting average is, ov- is obviously an obsolete stat. Mm-hmm. in term- We have so much more analytical stats now. I like thinking about batting average just as a cornerstone. I'm obviously going to take into I. account other things. But if you have a high batting average and your whiff percentage is really low or you're in a high percentile, that just means you get on base. You put the ball in play. You see what happens. He has a really high expecting batting average, obviously. I just think he is a really complete player. He doesn't have a ton of power, and he plays on the Pirates, which means he doesn't get a, a lot of national recognition. I think he he deserves to be the starting second baseman in this year's All-Star game. As stacked as I went through that National League second baseman are this year, I do believe that he is also the pick to yeah. be the, the starter at second base as you said he's a different type of player than the you know i'd say prototypical i say in air quotes baseball player at this point that's you know all about the power and a lot of swing and misses he does not do that as you said he puts the ball in play a lot i think it's really refreshing he's having a fantastic year for pittsburgh Uh, i do think the pirates are only going to get one player just because mlb is going to look to put on more star power yeah and i'm Uh, fine with that honestly yeah (laughs) but it'll be frazier and yeah. he completely deserves it, whether he's the starter or not. I hope he's the starter. But yeah, fantastic season for, for the Pirates. And it's almost our duty. I'm going to have to vote right after this because it is our duty to put Adam Frazier into the All-Star game. Gotta vote if other fans aren't do it, it is our duty too. At, at least it's a good sign that he's in second because yeah, there, true, there's true. a chance he got buried being on, on the Pirates and he has not so far. So that is, that's good sign. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I am completely fine with every other position. Buster Posey, resurgence. We've talked about him Oh, before. has to be. There's only one. At, actually, at both catchers. It can only be Salvador yep. Perez, and it can only yeah, be Salvador Buster Perez Posey. Yeah, Salvador Perez has been absolutely <laughs> insane this year. I'm good with Muncie. I'm good with shortstop. I'm good with the outfield, like we mentioned. I wanted to talk about Chris Bryant. Mm-hmm. And this is more about to sing his praises than to give any grievances. But I will mention that he's eligible for both third base and outfield. And there was a part of me, I've talked myself into Jesse Winker for the past few weeks. It's basically been since that three-homer game. That Chris Bryant would actually go in the third outfield spot. And somebody 
either Justin Turner, Austin Riley, who I Austin think has Riley. been so yep. good lately. One of my guys to spotlight. He so deserves the spot over Ozzy Albies, if, if we're talking Braves. Yep. But Chris Bryant, I, I just wanted to, to talk about him, and I'll give my, I guess, oh, my final decision at the end. In 2020, the down year, the sky was falling. He's going to be traded for absolutely nothing. His slash line was 206, 293, 351. Chris Bryant was slugging 351. Former MVP, former Rookie of the Year, 76 OPS plus. Way below league, league average. 2021, the Cubs decided to keep him. They're securely in the race for the NL Central. They would maybe even more so be in the race for a wild card if they weren't in first place. 2021, 292 average, 371 on base, 544 slug, with a 155 OPS plus, 55% better than league average. It's Chris Bryan again. That's it. Give him time. Let him recover. I talked about the swing. He had that Fernando Tatis Jr. injury where his shoulder popped out when he was swinging. He now has two hands on the bat. That's how he follows through. And he's back to the same old ways. And now the Cubs are winning. Shocker. Yeah, no, it's exciting to have him winning. He he would be my starter at third base, and I would okay. have Austin Riley in, in second there. Okay. For me, I, I love all, what Austin Riley's done, especially how he's retooled because he was a massive strikeout guy, a huge whiff percentage going back to last year and even the year before that. And he has completely retooled his swing to put the ball on play more. He's hitting for power. He's hitting at the opposite field, which is something he never, ever did yeah. when he first came up with the Braves. So I do want Austin Riley to be an all-star. The one thing with Bryant to look out for is I believe he's like six for his last 45. So definitely going a through a cold streak. Definitely going through a cold streak right now as we get closer to voting. We'll see if that or closer to the all-star game. We'll see if that hurts him at all, if he doesn't snap out of it. But with the season he's having right now, I, <laughs> I have no problem with him uh, starting. And I would like him to stay at third base just because I really okay. want Winker and Castellanos to keep yeah. those outfield positions. And I'm fine with that. It would take a really big few weeks from Riley to surpass him at that position. And that's also taking into account Ryan McMahon is eligible at third. Brian also got hit in the hand recently. Mm-hmm. So he was taken out of the game. We'll see if anything happens. Hopefully not. We've talked about how potent hit by pitches have been. Can we just talk about, can we run through a few bench guys that I really want to see? Oh, Pat, yeah. I, I would love to see Evan Longoria. And he oh, got hurt. That was, that was the next but, thing I was going to say, was shout out to Evan Longoria, who I would love to see make that roster. Actually, half of the Giants roster, I would just love to see. <laughs> Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford yep. deserves some credit here. He's having a huge year. Oh, he is. The home run numbers, what is he at, 15, if I'm remembering correctly? Uh, That sounds right. Yeah, Yeah. he is at 15. I mean, that's Brandon Crawford sitting at 15 home runs right now. He doesn't do that. He's supposed to be the the sure-handed shortstop, Mm -hmm. you know, fielding that. And not even that sure anymore. Yeah, that's true. Over the last couple years, the DRS has definitely gone down. Um, But he's having a fantastic year with the bats. So, no, there's some cool stories out there. Um, Yeah. The only other guy I really want to mention, because I think – in his position, it is very tough. Trey Turner is having a hell of a year, too. Yes, he is. He's going to join He's the 30-30 club. That doesn't happen anymore. Ronald Acuna makes it easy by almost joining... 40 Makes 40, it look 50, easy 50. by almost joining the 40-40, exactly. But Trey Turner is just your epitome of an all-star. And like I mentioned at the beginning, it's just guys having absolutely monster performances that you have to give it over. But he he deserves to be at least an alternate, for sure. He should, For me, he's the second 
shortstop in yeah. there now. I know he's not in there in the voting. It's Javier Baez. Yeah, I wouldn't give it to Baez. Don't get me second. started on Javier yeah. Baez being second. He um, has done better, Pat. Yes, he, he has, has done better. He, he has really, yeah, he, he's, he leads Major League Baseball in strikeouts, but he is, <laughs> his hitting has been better of late, and no one is ever going to argue with who's number one at NL shortstop. Right, so. for the um, next 15 years. Yeah, so. I think that guy's it's got a tough. lot of all-star appearances coming his <laughs> yeah. way. So no, National League, I feel, feel pretty good about other than second base. Yeah, I, I do too. Do we need to get into pitchers at all? Did you do anything for that? I wasn't really going to do pitchers too okay. much. I didn't um, think about it. I, I actually think relief pitchers are potentially more interesting in the National League. That's you've fair. you've got so many good guys. I mean, the start National League is really where you get the powerhouse of pitchers. It's mm-hmm. it's the DeGroms, it's the Bowers, it's the Scherzers. I would love to see Corbin Burns and Win- uh, Brandon Woodruff make it for the Brewers. They both should. Garvish. I don't think they're, they're not going to get a position player, so I think you'll, you've got yeah, a decent true. chance of getting both of them. Um, Kevin Gosman, talking about the Giants. He, he didn't, has to be. He didn't get player of the... Uh, he did get player of the month. He didn't get our player of the month. So we need to give him some more credit and put him to the All-Star he was, game. He's been a stud. And Trevor Rogers, our, our my oh. front runner at least for, for NL Rookie of the Year. He's been so good. Another good performance yesterday. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's shift to the American League. I'll read it off. Pat mentioned catcher Salvador Perez runaway there. At first base, Vladdy Jr. Second base, Marcus <laughs> Semien. Third base, Rafael Devers. Shortstop, Xander Bogarts. We got the le- left side of the infield is the Red Sox. And the right side is Toronto, which is pretty cool. AL East <laughs> representing. In the outfield, you've got Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, and Byron Buxton. And at DH, drumroll please, yeah. the two-way star Shohei Otani. Where do you it's, want to start? It's a good group. It's yeah. a good group, and I think a lot of it is tough to argue. Um, I outfield is there's one spot in there I, I want to talk about, and I think outfield can actually be spoken about because I know you tweeted about it yesterday. So I will not steal your thunder on that one. Um, <laughs> you knew it was coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but just for AL first base, I mean, Vladdy Guerrero is going to start. He deserves to start. But just a name that I want to put a little more attention to because. I think things are definitely clouded with the whole Astros situation as Yuli Gurriel, you know, has had a a really, really good season at first base, sitting over 300. He's got the power numbers, been back. You know, he, he's been a standout for them uh, over at first base. And for me, he'd be my second choice. But of mm. course, no one is getting in over Guerrero Jr., who is right now of active players since Mr. Trout is on the injured list, is probably the best hitter in the sport. So, first base has actually become very competitive as of yes. late. Matt, Matt Olson, Olson as well. Yes. It, Matt Olson yes, yes, has yes, been yes. really, really good lately. I would give Yuli Gurriel the second spot. I don't know. I mean, I could wax poetically about how underrated Yuli Gurriel is. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. No. He is, the, he is the fifth best hitter on the Astros team, probably. Maybe fourth. He is having a monster year. And he is still just the fourth best hitter on the Astros team. Matters much more about how good the Astros are versus how good Yuli is. Yeah, he he deserves to be the second second place. Of course, just like National League shortstop, American League first base is potentially the only position that he wouldn't win in. Yeah. Because Vladdy has been so good. Mm-hmm. Marcus Semien, we've talked about him. Absolutely love it. I need Devers and uh, Bogarts at third and shortstop. I think those are the only guys. And shortstop is a very competitive position in the mm-hmm. American League, too. Carlos Correa has started before. Bogarts deserves it, and I will die on that post. So come at me if you'd like, but I will tell you why you're wrong. Outfield, here's my thing. Mike Trout was having a historic season before he got hurt, and it is a 
travesty that he is not playing. It is a travesty that he won't be able to play in the All-Star game. I think. I think he won't be back. Byron Buxton had one of the best starts ever, 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 ever. And it's a travesty that he's not playing right now. I also think he is not expected to come back before. I just don't think it is good, optic-wise, that two of the three leading vote-getters in the outfield haven't played in over a month. There have been guys who have been lighting it up, and the guy that I feel most strongly about is Cedric Mullins. Of course, that's exactly who I have written He down. is so good, Pat. He's first among AL outfielders in hits and fan graphs war. Second among AL outfielders in average on-base percentage slugging, OPS, and total bases. And then on the defensive side, here's you have offensive numbers, and then I think defense in terms of all-star voting just gives you one extra notch in your belt, I guess. I think in Mullins's case, if it's between... Mullins and Adelise Garcia, who has been so, so good, I give it to Mullins because he is that much better on defense. Mm-hmm. First among AL center fielders and runs prevented, and tied for first among AL center fielders with six outs above average. Six! That's a, He's that's a big so number. good. And I would give him that spot over, honestly... I mean, he's going to be their first replacement guy, I think. But I'd give it to him over Byron Buxton. Ah, you have you've hit my point exactly. So I definitely understand what you're saying with the with the outfielders not playing. I still I'm fine with Trout being in there just because the body of work right <laughs> from Trout. I feel very strongly he would have kept up that production. Um, uh, you know, as long as he was healthy. And as you said, he's going to be named a starter, but is there's most likely going to be someone put in his place because right. I don't think he's gonna be playing in the All Star game. For Buxton, and this pains me so much because I have been on the Byron Buxton train for, for not even just this year, four years waiting for this guy to break out. We finally got the breakout, and it lasted 24 games before he got hurt. <laughs> and I just, I can't start a player off of 24 games exactly in, in the feel. All-Star game as much as I adore this guy and think he's got that all that five-tool potential and just had one of the best Aprils of any player we've seen for a while. I can't start him, and as you said, it is Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins, it, it's he has to start, um, and it's so sad that the only way he's going to start is if Mike Trout misses because he would be a replacement. That's what um, I mean. Because it sucks he is not—he's not even in the top ten in the voting, which means there's just no unless things really change over the next couple weeks. There's just no chance he gets up there. Um, which is just so sad because he has been one of the best, not just outfielders in the American League, one of the best players in baseball this yeah. season. So I want him to start this All-Star game very, very badly. And uh, I do think there's a chance, but it's probably going to be as an injury replacement. Yeah, I was wondering how strong you were going to go on the Garcia train because he's up there too. He, he is, is, and I love that he's I love that he's fourth. And yeah. I think he should be, you know, the, the Rangers All-Star. Yeah. Uh, but for, for starter-wise, Mullins is ahead of him in my eyes. Now, if you want to go with, say, Judge is the only one that ends up starting and, say, mm-hmm. Buxton gets set back or gets you know get turned back in the voting, then I'm fine putting Garcia up there. Um, but Mullins is number one for me. Okay. Yeah, actually, I think that's... If Judge was the only starter, I would go Garcia, Judge, Mullins. Yeah, yep. I agree yep. with that. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, I, I just think... Mullins has been such a complete player. And he's got the power to in the leadoff yeah, spot. It's yeah. He's got it all. The Orioles, another travesty, John Means getting hurt. John Means could have been the starting pitcher in the American League if he oh, had yeah. stayed healthy and kept up the pace that he had. He had a monster start to the season. 
other outfielders to think about. I definitely gave some thought to Austin Meadows. I gave some thought to Mitch mm-hmm. Hanniger, who's been very, very good. Randall Gritchick had a great start to the season. He's tapered off a bit. But he deserves at least some votes. Otherwise, literally, Pat, I don't have any other options for these guys. The infield is just so set in my mind. I wanted to mention Yuli, but obviously it goes to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I have said point blank that no matter how good a season a hitter has, it will not be as good as what Shohei Otani has done this season. So yep. obviously he has there to is, be... There's no debate at DH. Yeah, there has to be a... There has to be Otani at DH. Vladdy Guerrero has made me doubt myself a little bit. A little bit about if the AL MVP is going to go to him or Otani. It's still Otani, but Vladdy is making it very, very hard. (laughs) The only thing is that J.D. Martinez is also having such a good season. So it hurt me a little to not see him in that spot. But of course, you have to defer to the greatest player in the game right now yeah it's it's got to be otani there and it's this as you said I, I i really i think the american league infield as it stands is pretty set i mean simeon seems like the guy at second base yep i definitely think devers is your third baseman and at shortstop as lo- much as i love bachette and correa's having yeah. a really nice year as well i also give it to bogarts so um Joey Wendell deserves some love from Tampa. Yeah, as well. good. The, the man, good call. The, the man that makes the Tampa Bay Rays tick is mm-hmm. Joey Wendell. Um, so I think the AL is pretty set, other than outfield. Um, but wow, as we go through it and we go through name by name, there's so many talented players in this game right now. It's crazy, and that's yeah. the fun part of it. Also, Salvador Perez ran away with catcher for me, but Mike Zanino has played very well this year. And he's, he's so funny with the the sub 200 average, right? But you know he's gonna bring pop. You know he's gonna hit the ball really hard, and he plays a really good catcher. So it's he is. I talk about Adam Frazier being less of the prototypical baseball player. <laughs> he is more of the prototypical <laughs> baseball player in 2021. Yeah. But I'm happy you brought him up. <laughs> no, he he also earned himself the spot. Like the yeah. Rays picked up Francisco Mejia from the Padres, and I thought that was gonna be. The transition catcher has always been a weakness for the race, something that they needed to build around. And he swings and misses. His his average might be below 200, but he is a scary guy. And he usually bats in that nine hole. That's a scary guy to try and pitch at. So I wanted to give him. I wanted to give him some credit for well, sure. One more thing. Shout out Yasmani Grandal. On oh my one god. Of the most wild seasons. Can you eight. talk about that, please? I, so he's third in the vote. Where is he? Third or second? I'm, I'm. I'm trying to remember right now. Let me pull it back up. Uh, he is second in American League catcher voting right now, which may catch you by surprise if you heard that he is currently hitting 149. <laughs> and no, that is not a typo. Uh, he is hitting 149. Um, but he also has 10 home runs to go with that. He plays a very strong uh, catcher behind the plate uh, defensively. He's hitting 149, but has an OPS plus of 120, which is 20% better than league average. So I can already hear people screaming about how that's even possible. (laughs) It is because he has a 386 on base percentage and a 388 slugging percentage, giving him an OPS of almost 800 for a guy that doesn't hit the ball and play very often. He is having one of the more bizarre seasons of anyone we've seen. While, and while it's terrible when you look at his average, it's also kind of good because he yeah. gets on base and hits the ball out of the ballpark and is a solid defensive catcher. He's so. turned himself, sorry to cut you off, he's no. turned himself into probably Billy Bean's most coveted asset. This guy would be a god on the money ball race. <laughs> right? He does exactly what Billy Bean has preached. He doesn't swing at the first pitch. He earns walks. And to him... 
a walk is truly as good, if not better, than a hit. And his average shows that. His batting average shows that. Move over Kevin Euclid and the Greek <laughs> god of walks. It's Yasmani Grandal. It's crazy. And he. the weird <laughs> thing is that he's had the power before. Oh, yeah. He's been a good catcher for years for some reason. This year, the offense just fell off of a cliff. And it seems like every single day I look at Twitter, there's a new absolutely mind-blowing stat, stat about Yasmani Grandal. It's insane. I, I just boil it down to it. Just It just makes me laugh. Yeah, because he is, it really he's a is really funny. good catcher. I mean, and he yeah. got signed to a big contract, yeah. $70, $73 million. And uh, while everything else has been pretty much about what Grandall does, you know, good power, strong on base percentage, really good defense, the average has fallen off a cliff this year. Yeah. But it, in ways, it also hasn't really affected his performance, which is just so weird to say about a guy hitting sub-150. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. I actually, I was just looking at my list. Another guy that I think has been heating up as late in, in the outfield, Mark Canna, mm-hmm. potentially. Really important part of the A's. And then, yeah, more so on that um, vein. We actually, do we have an A's guy right now? My guess is going to be that they're not going to get a starter, but Matt Olson will. Okay, it will be first. Yeah. yeah. That's weird because they're leading they're in the good. AL West. Yeah, they're good. that's another just a conglomeration of guys. Ramon Laureano is really good in the outfield too. I'm bummed that Trey Mancini might not make it. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah, his it's... story is so cool. Obviously, he had a really good start to the season. He's always going to be up there in RBIs. But I think you got. I mean, you obviously give it to Cedric Mullins and John Means before him. Agreed. But Trey, even the fact that Trey Mancini is in the conversation after cool. coming back from colon cancer is pretty. Cool. Pitchers, just quickly. This one, I think, is up for a little bit more debate, but there are some Star Wars. It's Cole. It's Lynn. It's, um, honestly, Carlos Rodon probably makes it over I Lucas Giolito, yes, which yeah, is yeah. crazy. Um, Zach Renke has been incredible. Tyler Glass now. I'm going to talk about him in a little bit. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and then the relievers have been so locked down, too. Barnes, Chapman, Hendricks are top three in my mind. Yeah, no, I, I think that all makes sense. So, yeah, pitchers always harder because it's all based on if they can even pitch in the All Star game right. based on when they started last, and there's a lot of rotation there, and of course the fans don't vote on that one. So, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I think those are all really strong names to throw out there. Okay, so the final question: Who are you picking? AL versus NL. If it, if the voting ended today with those rosters that we just w- named off, who are you picking? <laughs> Uh, I will always be a National League fan, so I I will pick the National League, and my reasoning behind it, that outfield is going to rake. Mm. Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be hitting second in that lineup, with Ronald Acuna Jr. probably leading off, and the pitching staff that the National League can throw out there, as you were listing off names before, you know, your DeGroms, your Bowers, uh, it's... It's tough to uh, it's gonna be tough to score some runs on the pitching. Yeah. So that's why I lead National League. Though I think the American League has a fantastic crop of position players. Yeah, see, that's uh, I would I would definitely give the nod to the National League pitchers. I mean, I mean, I mean think about DeGrom it. Degrom has like a point six ERA. So How about right? if yes, yeah, it's it's, it's I think it's on, it's under point six. I think it's like point five eight or something <laughs> oh like that. God. So you you know Degrom's gonna start the All Star game. Yeah. Then you throw say Corbin Burns comes in in the third yep. inning. Brandon Woodruff comes in. You can have Trevor Bauer come in before you even get to any of the power arms. Good luck. I mean, you didn't so. even mention you Darvish. No. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It, the 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 depth behind. You didn't even mention Scherzer either, who just got hurt. But it's crazy. I really want to go AL. 
because I think they have a better infield, and I think they have a more power infield, especially if Marcus Semien stays hot. But it is so hard yeah. to pick. Also, I would give AL if if Trout and Buxton were healthy, where they, the game a little where bit. they were mm-hmm. when they got hurt. That would make things interesting because that's a really strong outfield too. I obviously want to give it to Shohei. But thinking about the lineup of... I'm going to insert Adam Frazier in because he is going to be the starter. It's definitely not going to be Albies. Bryant, Tatis, Acuna, Castellanos, Winker. <laughs> yeah. You can't... That, that's too much. That that team's going to win. NL's going to win. It's it's a lot. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm sure it'll be a really good game once it comes around. Yeah. Um, as we said, it, what it's going to do is just showcase how much talent is in this league right now. So fun. Um, which is just super, super exciting. And, I mean, the average age is going to be 26, 25. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy it's gonna how many skew younger young guys. than normal. Buster is Posey great. is the outlier on the other side. And, and all power catchers. to him. Yeah, <laughs> true. Perez, too. True. But, no, it'll be really fun. We give it to the NL now, but there is a lot of voting time left. Oh, so. yeah. I got to get my votes in. Make sure you do too. Tweet them to us if you'd like. We'd love yeah, to hear do. if you have any uh, any grievances with, with who we've picked so far. But I, I'm going to die on Cedric Mullinson's post or hill uh, as well. So uh, it sounds I'd like love I'm dying on that, that hill with you too. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's shift to numbers and you can start us off. Yeah, absolutely. So my number is 11. And that is the amount of goals that Cristiano Ronaldo has now scored at the UEFA European Championships, which is first all-time. He just broke the tie with uh, French legend Michael Platini, uh, who scored uh, actually all nine of his goals in uh, one tournament in 1984. Ronaldo picked up his 10th and 11th goals to move him into first all-time in the European Championships yesterday in a win over Hungary. Also to note for him... Ronaldo is now only three international goals away from tying the all-time record for most men's international goals, which is currently held by Iran striker Ali Day with 109. Ronaldo sitting on 106, which gives him a very decent chance to break the all-time record uh, in this tournament as long as Portugal is firing and advancing. And why I wanted to throw this number out here is just, you know, celebrate that the Euros are here, finally. It was a year delayed. If, if you'll notice, it is referred to as Euro 2020, even mm-hmm. though we are in 2021. It's going to be the same thing as the Tokyo Olympics. Yeah. Um, you know, super exciting. The Euros are the biggest tournament in the world not named the World Cup. So yeah. uh, very, very exciting for, for soccer fans everywhere to be able to get that. And Cristiano Ronaldo continues to make history uh, as he moves up all-time lists and is currently alone for UEFA Euro uh, goal scorer list. It's cool that Euros has become so popular, and I really think it has, and it's because of some of those big names, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, all the other team sports are dominated basically by where you grew up. Yep. And as the as the stars get younger, maybe for, maybe people are just Fernando Tatis Jr. fans or just Ronald Acuna Jr. fans. You get that in soccer, but it's okay. <laughs> and it's, it's almost... Uh, like required to have that because why would you have some weird affiliation to Denmark or something like that? <laughs> but I think it's really cool. And I think it, it's, it's pushing the world cup for sure, because I'm just flipping through channels and watching snippets of games. And the only other time I do that is during the world cup. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great showcase for the sport. And especially the euros are a, a, a big showcase of a bunch of powerhouses yeah. as, as a lot of the European nations are, you know, you have your France's, your Portugal's, your Germany's, uh in there uh, spain so it's um you know as i said it's a great showcase for the sport it's really exciting it's nice to have top tier international competition back right 
Um, Copa America is also going on, which is, say, the uh, South American version of the Euros. So mm. very cool to have them both happening at the same time. Um, but, yeah, it's just nice to have this type of competition and international competition back after such a long wait. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, Ronaldo number one. And the su- the Super League isn't happening, so don't. we don't have to worry about that. It got kiboshed. Never, never forget. Never forget. <laughs> so funny. And talking about Tokyo, the soccer's going to be really good for that on, on the women's side, too. The oh, yes. The U.S. women's soccer team is obviously must-watch TV. I'm so oh, excited yes to watch them. Yeah, that's going to be great. And what we're about, what, five weeks away from the Olympics? So we're, we're getting there, too. You know what? I can give you a specific number. Oh, please do. 37 days away Oof. from the opening ceremony. Oh, that's crazy. That's very exciting. It is, it's going to be so cool. Obviously, five years instead of four. It'll be long awaited, but I will I will keep my number in baseball, actually. And this is another self-made stat from me. I love the self-mades. The craziest number I heard this week is two, Pat. And mm-hmm. that is because t- it took two starts for something to go wrong for a pitcher <laughs> after getting rid of all foreign substances. And before I get into this, make sure after I finish talking to check out the last episode that we posted on Friday, last Friday, it was weekly walk off how to fix baseball. This is, it was honestly, Pat, one of the proudest episodes. I, I, I felt like it was so good. I felt like we summarized everything so well and then gave our own opinions about it on one of the biggest topics in all of sports right now so i felt really strongly about it go check that out let us know what you think but it took two starts for tyler glass now before he tore his ucl and has a flexor tendon strain and is now potentially really just waiting on news if he's gonna have tommy john surgery or not so i'll bring you through the timeline quickly yep obviously all the crackdowns come down actually earlier this week MLB came out with the the cold hard rules that pitchers are going to be checked at least once a game. Relief pitchers are going to be checked whenever they walk out to the dugout or when, whenever there's a pitching change, whichever comes first. Catchers could be checked if the ump deems it necessary. Position players could be checked if the umps deem it necessary. And there will be hard restrictions, hard penalties if you are found with a foreign substance, including an injection and a suspension. On June 8th, Tyler Glass now pitched against the Nationals. He threw seven innings, struck out 11 hitters, gave up just six hits, and one earned run. Pretty ho-hum for Tyler Glass now, who was in the conversation for AL Cy Young. His next start against the Chicago White Sox on June 14th, which was Monday. Today's Wednesday, and it's the 16th. He was pulled after just four innings, and he had already given up two runs. Now he's he tore his UCL, and he's waiting on Tommy John. I listened to the most interesting post game press conference yep, from last I heard night it yesterday. Too. Did you see it? So that's mm-hmm. what that's what um, what's the word like honored this discussion. That's what made me think of this discussion. You cannot go cold turkey, and that is using Tyler Glasnow's words. To go cold turkey is to literally change the way that baseball has been played since its conception. No pitcher. You can talk you can talk to Pedro Martinez. You can talk to Nolan Ryan, some of the best in the game. I am 100% certain that they have lo- used 
at least something. And if you listened last week, you heard Pat and I say, we're fine with sunscreen and rosin. We're not saying to use spider tack. We're not saying to use pine tar. More of the natural stuff. And rosin is out there for a reason. Just so players can get a grip. If they are using it to get an unfair advantage, then I am obviously against that. That is cheating. But it is the way that pitchers pitch now. And for now, baseball to go cold turkey just because they need their ratings to go up because hitters haven't been hitting is changing the game of baseball. Now you're going to get injuries. And now baseball is worse off because Tyler Glass now could be out for the season. Yeah, so I take this in in two ways. First, um, while I like that they're trying to crack down on some of this stuff, I don't fully understand. Well, I know why they're doing it, but it's much better to be done in the off season rather exactly. than to have We're pitchers two do this. Into the season. Yeah, do this for two months and then try and change things. I don't think that's very fair to anyone to be able to do that. Um, on, on a second note, as you said, I have no problem with ri- with rosin. Yeah. Uh, I'm fine with even sunscreen as well. I, I think as you spotlighted, it's the spider tack where I, you've started to see a ton of videos come out this week of people showcasing what is oh, yeah. spider tack. Oh, and yeah. That has to be illegal, and that cannot be used because it is just utterly ridiculous the effect that that thing can have on a baseball. But specifically on Glass now, I cannot say I fully believe him that his UCL just happened to pop two starts after he started this. U- really? UC- UCLs, those are always wear and tear injuries. Yes, yeah, you're right. You're it's right. There's no way in my mind that it's just it took him 10 innings of not using sunscreen for it to, for his UCL to, to have a tear in it. I think it's a very convenient excuse for someone that's really, excuse my language, but pissed off at Major League Baseball for taking away something that he's probably used that's his fair. entire career. Yep. And I think he used that as a platform to lash out at them. So I can't say I fully believe him. Uh, I do think it's unfortunate, and I do think that there is a chance that some pitchers are going to, to start to feel it a little more as they are going to be gripping a baseball different. It's a yeah. huge change. But... I I do not believe him, to okay. straight up honesty, that it's just because of this that his UCL happened to tear immediately. So I agree with you that UCLs are not something that you just throw a baseball one day and your UCL tears. That, that doesn't happen. But the stuff he said about the grip and specifically how he had to change the way that he mm-hmm. used the baseball. And he woke up the next morning after the it good It puts more start, tension on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he, had, he said, I think, to, to paraphrase... He was sore in places that he didn't even know he had muscles in. I believe that. I do too. That's crazy. So I do too. The difference then is even if it doesn't make something tear on its own, if you're sore in places that you've never been before, you're going to use your body in different ways that you haven't been doing before. And that changes up your training schedule. And then that could make something go adversely when you pitch the next time. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is you're right that it is absolutely asinine to change this in the middle of yeah, the season. Yeah, and that that's the problem with it. I don't I really don't hate the idea of outlawing things like right. spider attack. I I not even that I don't hate the idea. I completely Condone agree it. with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like just imagine you know changing the ball again like yeah. in the middle of the season it's just it's something you'd say well why would you do that you have to go in with the set thing so i really <laughs> i don't understand the changing the rules halfway through type thing um it, it's tough it, it is so i can 
I, I don't want to give the commissioner any credit here, really. But I can see why they're in a little bit of a tough spot. And why Manfred, Manfred specifically. Because not even talking about the hitting issue and the ratings issue. To know that sticky substances are the dirty little secret of baseball. And then to have this whole problem and to say, okay, you can't use spider tack and all of the serious stuff. And I think, Pat, you and I have made it very clear. We do not condone that. That is nope. cheating. That's Did you cheating. see Hembo posted a picture he, of his... The whole video of it, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, he is literally palming it. And that's Paul Hembakitis who works for ESPN, not a Major League Baseball <laughs> pitcher. You, that is obviously n- ruining the sport. You can't do that. But then to say you can't use that, but you can use sunscreen and rosin or spit and rosin, that's... Still a little foreign. I would like to see that happen, but I can see why maybe people would be against that because it's still not nothing. But to just go to uh, it, just it, it truly, in my mind, changes the way that pitching has been done. And it's not fair that it just so happens to be happening to this group of p- pitchers in this age just because hitting is down and MLB had to do something. That's just what rubs me the wrong way. I don't condone the cheating, and I don't want spider tack. But just because hitters have a low batting average this year didn't mean something had to be changed right this very second. And that's what happened, and now you're going to see all these repercussions in the middle of a season. And that's not right either. I'll I'll say this. Uh, Enjoy the baseball that we're watching this year, because I'm going to be very surprised if the season starts on time next year. Wow. Things like this with you know how pitchers are reacting to it if you think they're gonna go and play nice with major league owners when you're trying to negotiate a new collective bargaining agreement this thing is going to be so ugly this winter i I, i'm (laughs) i'm not sure we're gonna get baseball starting on time uh, yeah next year Uh, it's so interesting too because every single pitcher is affected mm -hmm. right like you really can't be the person to go out there and point fingers because it is very likely that if you're a player doing that, your own pitcher has do it too, has done it too. And if you're a fan, it's very likely that your home pitchers have done it too. So everybody's just kind of skirting around the issue. Obviously, we mentioned last week that Trevor Bauer pointed fingers first, and that's really when he opened Pandora's box. But, I mean, you saw it over the weekend. You can see it from five days' worth of baseball, how different the spin rates are and how much offense there was over the weekend. The Red Sox lost 18-4. to (laughs) That's crazy, and it hasn't happened all year, and it's to some pitchers who normally have a lot of spin rates. So, you're right. We mentioned it. Like, is more offense going to solve this whole thing? And then it's going to be the pitchers at the disadvantage, and the pitchers are going to have to work harder. It's just... It's what every, baseball thinks. Exactly. Every single aspect of the field gets affected here. Yeah, and and then at the end change. of the season, of course, because timing couldn't be worse, they have to figure out the CBA. It's going to be ugly. It is. We'll... It already was ugly. Let's yes. preface that. It already was so ugly, and now they have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And no. both sides feel very strongly about it, obviously. Oh, So as I said, let's enjoy the baseball as we yeah. have it. I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm good with ending with that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Cool. No, that, that was fun to be able to review how, how all-star teams are, are shaping up and, and what we would change and what we think about the, the current standing. So yeah. happy we got to do that. 
But all right, that will do it for us here on the Did You Hear podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. Leave a rating as well as we are so close to 50 and would love to get there. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Did You Hear Pod. But otherwise, Emma, that's a wrap.